Coming to you from Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Ingalls, Indiana. Indiana's exclusive Aladino Cigar Lounge. It's the Final Third Podcast. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. And we got a special guest with, with us this week. But, I mean, he's not going to be that special no, anymore. No, he's not that special. Yeah. He, yeah. He's kind of special. special. Yeah, we got Mike Bother with us today. Which he's been on the show before. And if you've been in here, you probably have met him already. So I bet he is the guest that we've had on the most. Probably. Pretty probably. close to it. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk about why he's on the show today and where we're going here soon, but we don't need to talk about that yet. No, we'll no. Tease it out a little bit. Yeah, tease <laughs> it out. Rob normally will be like, he'll tease something out and then wait till 10 minutes into the podcast to be like, okay, here Let's it go. is. Yeah. Let's go. That's yeah. a heck of a tease. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I love uh, the suspense. Yeah. Uh, today we're smoking the McAuliffe Black, which is Fantastic. beautiful. Well, and the Mexican reason, San Andreas. Oh, yeah. Over what was it over? It's the um, Ecuadorian Habano, Mexican San Andreas, Maduro wrapper. And then you got the Nicaraguan filler. So it's got yeah. all the flavor. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about McAuliffe. A couple of the reasons why I wanted McAuliffe on here today. One, we have an event with Al McAuliffe coming in. Al McAuliffe and Jeremy will be here on February the 16th. So I'm excited to have them in here. We're Which talk to them. in the cigar industry, there are rep events and then there are owner events. Yeah. And, and you always want to be here when the owner's here. Yeah. You'll ah, hear the stories. The reps can tell you all about the cigars, but there's so much, there's a such a deeper level when you yeah. get to meet the owners. Right. Well, and the other reason why I chose this one today was because we picked this on our, on our top, you know, cigars yeah. of the year last year, yeah. and it's won two or three other cigar awards. It cigar authority. It. Yeah, this was their cigar of the year. Wow! I'm like, good for them, man. So I was, I was excited to smoke this, but we beat them to the punch. That's all that matters. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I was thinking normally I disagree with the with the authorities list. Like it seems very paid for and sponsored. Yeah. Um, but this is a cigar that everybody can get their hands on at a great price. And I have had no issues, like no. no construction issues, nothing on them. Now, I hope it, that didn't jinx me today for this. No, one, but. it won't. I haven't had one go bad yet. The other thing we've got on the table here is we've got a bunch of Heaven Hill products. We're going to be drinking on a little bit of the Elijah Craig 18 today. But Heaven Hill is coming on the 19th. 19th. Yeah. So they're going to be here, you know, this this week after this record, after this goes. So, you know, definitely put that on your calendar to get out here. Um I'm not sure what all he's going to bring, but I know it'll be a great time whenever Heaven Hill shows up. Yeah. Big Heaven Hill fans around here. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. You can tell by my socks. Yes, he's got them on right now. <laughs> Do you really have, Heaven, have Hill my Heaven Hill socks on? <laughs> that's funny. They were uh, what I wore on our pick. Oh, okay. And that's what made the that's what made the pick perfect. Yeah, my socks. Yes, the socks did it. I, I really still think that, that Elijah Craig is the best pick we've ever done as a show. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Down. I'm getting into this with the Calibri V. Um, if you've been watching the show for any amount of time, you just know that that's what I do. Yeah, I go back and forth, but I'm going to go with the V today, too. Always V. Which, that's a good point. You guys go ahead and get lit up, and I'll start. Yeah. I'll talk about this. So starting in February on Thursday nights for the month of February, I'm going to be doing a Thursday night Cigar 101. 
Um, basically, it's just going to be sitting down. We're going to grab a cigar, and we're going to just going to talk about whatever we're talking about that day. First day, we're going to be talking about, you know, cutting, lighting, kind of the basics, some etiquette, stuff like that. And then we'll get into some more of the regions and tobaccos and all the different things. So um, definitely keep your eyes open for that. Again, Thursday evenings. Um, but we'll talk about it more once we get towards the yeah. end of the month, too. Uh, on the cold draw on this, it is chocolate-covered raisins for me. There's a little bit of that kind of hay note in there, but not like a green or in a young way. It's just kind of that that scent. I always get just an unsweet cocoa puffs on That's this one. I was going to say uns- unsweetened yeah. chocolate yeah. and hay. I could see the hay. Cool. Mm. Other thing is about that Cigar 101 class, just keep in mind that it's not a lecture. Right? I'm no. not going to come in here with a microphone and a binder and a PowerPoint presentation. It's a conversation. So if yep. you have a question, I'm sure that Rob can answer it. And if he can't answer it, he out. has a million resources to be able to answer it for you in the future. So Yeah, and that's really what it's designed for. I've, I've seen um, some other people are actually starting to do some like cigar classes and stuff. I don't want this to be a class. I want this to be more you know, engaging where we can actually just sit down and talk. And all. it's not going to be two hours worth of stuff. It's going to be probably maybe I'll have 15 minutes to a half an hour of stuff I want to talk about. And then everything else is just going to be open up to talk. Yeah. You know, if you have questions about as you're smoking the cigar or if you have questions about whatever, we'll talk through it. So and, I'm excited uh, about it. Feel actually. free, even if you aren't new to cigars, to show up to that. Yeah, yeah. There is always something to be learned. And even on cutting and lighting, people have different processes. And I think it's interesting to hear um, everything from lighting soft their flame. cigars with a Zippo or a soft real flame butane jet. soft flame. Yeah. Cedar stick. Uh-huh. Everybody has something different, so yep, it's good to try it. It really is. I mean, I will say cedar sticks can be a little bit harder to to light with, but you got to do it every once in a while because it really does add flavor to your cigar. Yeah, I mean, not add flavor, but it brings out the cedar in the cigar a lot more. Yeah, so. I I do like it with uh, lighter Connecticut's and a lot of the like very medium bodied Habanos. With the cedar, yeah. Mm. Uh, Fumato in really C major time. with the ce- with the oh, cedar yeah. spill, see, like yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. It is, yeah. yeah. I think the Aladino Cameroon when lit with this with the it cedar is. spill it's is very great. good. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, first time smoking. Both or do you need a light? Nope, mine's dying. Thanks, man. So uh, both are is famous for having a <coughs> an electronic lighter. Do you not know how this thing works? Are you kidding me? Hands aren't that strong. <laughs> got dainty fingers, bro. Dainty yeah. fingers. You got girl hands. You got girl hands. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this uh, screen started to die. Uh-oh. I gotta send it in. It's a it's a icon by Vector, and I've yeah. had it for so many years. And it's lifetime, lifetime warranty. I just have to send it in. That no is nice. Asked. Yeah, it's a. So it's every time a, I drop it, I send it in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's uh, only replacement for you. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it. It's a it's a cool lighter. You flip the top, and it uh, it gets the gas flowing out of it, and then the the ignition is a uh, is an electronic mm-hmm. thing. So it'll burn the hell out of your palm. Um, that it will do. Would you 
my would you like to share that story of the oh, dangers man. of an electronic it's very lighter? dangerous why i keep it in the sleeve now which also doesn't work anymore uh, <laughs> i got more of those found <laughs> that out that the touchscreen works through it so now it's just a it's just for show i'll get the oh, okay uh, yeah the foam ones back here oh cool help. yeah that'd be great so one day i was sitting here we talked about that too Somebody i'm sure we've making fun of me for that yeah another podcast um it was in my pocket one day i flipped it open i went to grab it and i grabbed it like an idiot <laughs> like a claw and i lit my palm on fire and i threw it on the floor yeah, yeah. great time yeah so don't do that i don't put it in my pocket anymore no so yeah i have a lighter because i like to carry fire around with me but i have to be careful of how i carry it yes which honestly and it's a great sales pitch for this thing. Um, extremely practical. Yes. Very. Yes. <laughs> and the cutter. Well, you got your nice we did. Uh, yeah, we did hear. Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody who's close friends of the podcast. I mean, we won't say his name's Will or anything. But yeah, his last name's definitely not Breed. Exactly. It's not, it's not him. It's not he, Will Breed. He cut his hand on his SV because it opened in his, his pocket. pocket. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've had it open in my pocket before. Have too. you? Yeah. I mean, you just kind of bump put into it, it and then put it if right you here. hit the hands. Yep. Gotcha. I put it right here yeah. now because that's, I know, like, I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't do this regularly. So, like, I yeah. can't. The times mine popped safe. open in my pocket, though, I've I've felt it or heard it pop. Yeah. And I'm like reaching there very carefully to make oh, sure yeah, I don't get my finger in there. But yep. he just reached in there and cut his hand. You know, growing up, a lot of like my grandparents and all that stuff were just like old Glock men. Mm-hmm. And they would carry the the 380 version of a Glock, whatever the, the model is on that. Sure, in a in their pocket, just yeah. in their pocket, one in the chamber, no problems. Yeah. Yeah. And like the safety's not pulling the trigger. Those didn't even have safeties. I don't think yeah. did they? No, the they have a trigger safety. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so when I hear about people burning their hands on on lighters oh, in their pockets and cutters, it's just like. I didn't think twice about that when I saw it growing up, but it's like that <laughs> literally could have shot your kneecap off yeah. if you sat down the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, you've heard of a lot of people shooting themselves, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's one way. Oof. I knew a guy at Cabela's that shot his shot through his hand while he was cleaning his gun. It just Ouch. didn't unload and was, yeah. he, he said, yeah, I had a few too many and decided to clean my carry gun and forgot to take it out of the chamber. Yeah. Oops. But his hand was all sorts of mangled. I bet it is. Uh, Something I wanted to talk about. Lisa was actually, she had heard of something yesterday too. And I'm like, this is actually a good thing to bring up. Um, As we're sitting here sipping on bourbon, we do it almost every podcast. You know, this, a lot of people take month, take off January for dry January. Yeah. I've also heard people take off in the middle of the year, dry months, you know, the whiskey tribe, they take off at certain times of the year. They'll take off a, a week or whatever. Um, it's never a bad thing to take off a few days or a week or a month mm-hmm. just to check yourself, make sure your health's okay. Make sure you're not actually craving this so much that yeah. you have to have it. Those are just good checks to make sure that you're not going down the wrong path. You know, we, we drink a lot of bourbon, but I can guarantee I've, I've taken a week off and never been a problem. Thank God. I'm, I'm glad of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really feel bad for those people that do have addictive personalities that actually have a hard time giving things up. This is a great way to check. So yeah. we do encourage that. At least take a week. You have to have at least a week to take off just to make sure. 
But, you know, like I said, some people take a month off. And, you know, there's a lot of zero ABV options out there in the beer world and the seltzer world and all those things now. There's even bourbon that's non-alcoholic. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's there's ways to actually get your get your flavor but not have the alcohol. So, I've seen these new white claws now. Some That's what Lisa <laughs> like, was talking yeah, about yeah, last night. zero or yeah. something. It's wild. I well, mean, we've got the Heineken Zero in the in the cooler for that reason. Yeah, and uh, what's seventy four spiritless yeah. bourbon? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm uh, somebody whose family has a rich history of alcoholism, so that gene pool is there for me to be more naturally addicted to something like this. Yeah, but I go out of my way to have at least four dry days a week. Yeah, like, I just don't drink every single day, and you know I probably couldn't would be fine, but it's just. Kind of a way to check myself yep. and just know that, like, hey, a lot of my grandparents have died of alcoholism. Right. It just is what it is. I'm a first-generation alcoholic. Wow. Yeah. So I'm starting a trend. Starting yeah. Starting a trend. <laughs> yeah. Starting a trend. Yeah. Yeah. Poor dogs no. at home are going to be all yeah. over the place. Yeah. You see the picture of the dogs that hang out on the patio with me, drinking along, too. Yeah. They have rough days, too, guys. Yes, yes. No, we don't have – nobody in my family really drinks. My dad might have some Asbury wine, as he calls it, from – Ubers, of course. And that's like the heaviest <laughs> thing you drink. Yeah, the blackberry. Oh, gotcha. That's it. That's what he calls it. Asbury. That's it. All right. So my family doesn't what really drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I was just trying to figure out where that was going. I'm like, oh, it's not going anywhere. It's just Nowhere. Asbury. Yeah, it's just Asbury. That's <laughs> what he calls it because he drinks one glass and then he's done. And that's it. That's all he can pronounce. Wow. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So it's right, a hot take. I saw, right a, I saw a story um, come through. I think it was yesterday or the day before. J.C. Newman factory. If you've ever been down in Debor City, J.C. Newman's fa- factory is still there. You can take a tour. There's still pe- some people. There's the only people that are rolling, actually rolling handmade cigars are the ones rolling the American. Everything else that made at that factory is all machine made. Uh, but it's a cool history. You can see the history of Ebor City and a lot of that stuff. They just found, um, there was a shop out, I think it was Arizona, found this case. And it was a 116-year-old case of cigars. Oh, the Ponce de Leon's. Yeah. yeah. The, the case, or um, Questore, Questore, yeah. Um, which actually is owned by J.C. Newman. But what it was, was, was this big case that the reps used to take around with them. Oh. And they would display them to show their cigars and say, you know, the most expensive cigar in that case, by the way, 116 years ago was five cents. Five cents. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I'm surprised you were able sizes. to rep, like have reps selling it yeah. that cheap. That was pretty cool, though, that they did that. Now, this case is still in in perfect condition. Wow. So I was they not expecting it, it to look the way that it looked oh, when it, they opened They looked like the fresh day. cigars. That's really? how, Yeah. And uh, well but preserved. they got a, they got it returned back to JC Newman to put in their museum. In their museum. Was like, it in their humidor? Like they found I, it in the wall or something. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure if it was the wall, the humidor. It didn't really say where it was. Yeah, it they just said, said they, they found, found it in the it back in the, room, in the back wall. But the thing is, if it was in the back room, it could have been a humidified room where they're storing all their product. It could have been, yeah, if it was the old humidor. So who knows? But it was pretty cool that they were what still in good shape. I'd to send you that. To send it to you. It yeah, was, it send me that. I mean, it honestly sounds like the dude at uh, the plumber at Joel Osteen's church that found 30K in the wall behind the urinal. <laughs> very similar. Very, very similar. similar. Very yes. similar. Very similar. Yes. But um, the one thing that was kind of interesting, too, was, you know, J.C. Newman, um, 
at that time, there, everything was Cuban, all the Cuban filler. Cuban. Yeah. So these are all Cuban cigars, too. I hope that they smoke some. I hope that there's a couple Somebody's got to try, but it's a it's a complete yeah. case. So you you take one out, the case is not complete anymore. So <sighs> it's too good of a display piece probably to smoke. I and mean, honestly, 116-year-old Cuban cigar is going to have absolutely zero flavor. <laughs> but how would you know? Science. Cuban cigars with 10 years of age on them don't have a lot of flavor. <laughs> so. But... But they all, you know, down there at the factory, they have a, and it's just for display. They would never use it. But there's, they have one bale of Cuban tobacco still sitting in their factory just so people can see a Cuban bundle that looks just like a bundle from any other country. Mm-hmm. But so it is what it is. But they keep a lot of that historical stuff. And when we were down there, they actually had this whole bookshelf in this long bookshelf, probably the length of this room, that was just like, old boxes and old bands and all kinds of stuff oh, from their cool. history. And it was kind of cool. You know, there was even some cigars were still sitting there that yeah. were beat up to hell, but you know, just stuff that they were able to display and guys looking through them. He's like, Oh, I forgot we had this, you know, it's like pretty cool. Yeah, so that, that one box, it still had the original like tax stamp on the yeah. bottom of it before yeah. it was like a tax strip. It was like yeah. a stamp, stamp on the bottom yeah. of the box. Cool. that was like wood burned into the base. It was, and, it was, pretty and it was also back when they used to nail the cigar boxes shut. So you'd actually pull a nail out and, you know, cut the paper or whatever with it and then lift it up and you pound the nail back in. So many people got hurt with that. (laughs) And then tetanus happened. And then tetanus happened, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was kind of a cool thing. I I thought that was a pretty interesting article. So you were supposed to go down to Kentucky and do some blends for the shop. Did blends for the shop happen? Yes. Okay. Um, Will Will did a blend, and I'm going to get a case of that. Okay. Um, we we were supposed to go down to Bourbon Thirty. Um, some I got I got sick and couldn't go, but Will and Steve still went down there and had a great time. Um, they went over to Buffalo Trace and uh, got to do a little tour there and stuff. So um, Will stopped there before they went to Bourbon Thirty and got him a horsey top. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the guys missed out because they were there late. So and wow. the newest, most sought after whiskey. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the traveler, most t- traveler mm. whiskey. We tried it last night. We did. Did you? And we all said about the same thing. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I would never hunt it. I would never pay anything you over never the pay thirty seventy-five dollars on secondary. Yeah. yeah. Thirty-seven ninety-nine is what it's been yep. showing up at short stores. You know what? For that. It's not bad. Well, sure. on a product like that, when it when it drops to the market, of course there are some stores that will get it first. Of course, your total wines get it first. Like, there's no doubt about it. But something that's meant to be a regular release item, you know what? If you can wait a week, it will be in your mire. Yeah. It will be in Target, in uh, I think it CBS. already showed up at Costco, I think. Yeah. 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 It, it's already been week. there. And it's just like, hold your horses. Yeah. And you can pay a reasonable price for an okay bottle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even the gift shop was selling it for what, 40, 40 bucks. 40 so, bucks yeah. at the gift shop. Yeah, and I think Will was saying bad. there were still people walking in there and grabbing cases. 12. <laughs> yeah, cases. <laughs> Two cases. Well, I've been uh, looking at some of these uh, bourbon raffle groups, which is another <laughs> subset of the secondary market. <laughs> yeah. And they'll, so people make like 100 bucks a bottle on those. And it's just ridiculous. A yeah, yeah I, if they're doing the raffle. I, yeah. Oh, I, see I have got to yeah, believe that there are some states that still haven't gotten them yet. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I would bet uh, 
Kentucky, Tennessee, Indiana, maybe Ohio got them first. Probably. And then it's probably working its way out. But the fact that there are markets that haven't been hit is the reason that that still is yeah. uh, going well on the raffle groups. Yeah. I mean, you Again, never know with that. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening to this, don't chase it. Find don't. it when you find it. Get a bottle. Try it. Unless you it's just absolutely love, like, just straight Buffalo Trace. And by straight like Buffalo that. Trace, they mean not even straight Buffalo Trace no. bourbon. No. It's just uh, distillate from them. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, if you like that kind of a profile, uh, what I thought really tasted to me, and the nose especially, was felt like it was a, a base of the regular basic Buffalo Trace with more dusty dustiness to it like a like almost like corn not, not a good dust but yeah mm-hmm. that yeah the corn husky kind of dust yeah i'm like Soft not that it was vanilla. bad but it was okay yeah that's so, what uh 90 proof right was yeah it 90 proof? yeah so i mean because chris stapleton can't handle anything above that <laughs> well it, my <laughs> the biggest problem for me on that one is is what's his big hit song mm. tennessee whiskey yeah, not mm. that and Why did he not go to freaking Jack Daniels? Yeah, I know. God I dang. mean, it, I mean, honestly, I would have been happy if he did something with George Dickel or uh, anybody near- in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Chattanooga. <laughs> Ch- well, you know, I'm not sure Chattanooga could handle they something like that. But but even uh, Uncle really Nearest, like at the, the nearest green distillery, Uncle Nearest would kill and their artist relations and everything and they could use a boost right now yeah so but that is kind of odd i didn't think about that it's <laughs> uh is it becoming a thing are people talking about that now or is that just i haven't seen of? many people think about it um i mean and i don't care I, i'm not sure many people do most stapleton fans will just get it because he's stapleton right but he very well could have done a collab with Jack Daniels and like that would have been that would have killed and Jack would have done that in Harvey. Oh yeah. I mean there's no the there's get. no doubt about there's no doubt in my brain that the Brown Foreman company would have killed for that deal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and you would just have your next one you got your Sinatra and your Stapleton now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just keep them going, baby. I mean, they're like two people the of level. the same class. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, their marketing team would have had a field day with <laughs> Stapleton. Yeah. Because <laughs> Brown Foreman, I, I've done their marketing events, like broadcast them, and it seems like they're more focused on cocktail mixers oh, and yeah. like the Coke and. And yet the they mixers, still came like, out with Jack 12 and 10 and all those good, good offerings here in the last couple of years. Yeah, but so. even pushing it, champagne and wine more than they're pushing other. You yeah, know, other, Jack and Cokes, baby. Yeah, Jack and Cokes. Like, well, and now you can get it in a can. Yeah. yeah. That Which was their biggest thing on the last. Is actually genius. Like, I don't know why they didn't do it before then, um, but it is. I mean, Brown, Brown Foreman knows what they're doing when it comes to marketing. And they also know that, like, Jack 10 and 12 appeases a very small subset of yeah. their market. The right subset. I mean, even birthday <laughs> bourbon, Old Forester's birthday yeah. bourbon, which is in their portfolio, yeah. appeases a very small subset. They make more on Old Number 7 than they ever will the entire Old Forester catalog. So <laughs> That's just how it goes. I mean. yeah. Well, speaking of Old Forester, they are coming out with a new one called 1924. Okay. It's um, 100 proof. 
Um, oh, I saw that. Um, I'm supposed to be getting some in here. I, I got to call them next week to make sure I'm on the list to get them. So we'll see how it is. If it's Old Forester, I'm sure we're going to love it. Yeah. Um, which sounds like it's in their uh, Whiskey Rose series. It is. It which is. all of those have been great. Yes. And they will continue to be. So we're getting that in here soon. So we'll probably have that on the show as soon as we get it in. Um, I, we're drinking this Elijah Craig 18 right now. Yeah. And it is so much better for me with a cigar than I agree. what I've had in the past. Because on its own, to me, it drinks too oaky. It, it drinks watered down oaky. Yeah. It no, doesn't have a lot the, better than I remember the proper sweetness to balance it. But with with this cigar in particular... It brings kind of that oak tannin um, and not in a bad way to the equation. Well, I don't know if you got anybody that's watching this video, at least. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're not like crazy puffing on our cigars. These cigars stay lit. And they're putting off a ton. That was one of the things that Garofalo said on Two Guys Show um, or Cigar Authority is he'll sit there and have an entire segment, have a cigar laid down. And they were smoking this one here recently, too, I believe. And he said, lay it down, he picks it back up. It just starts smoking again because, you know, you just talk for like five, ten minutes. And yeah. It just keeps going. This has got a great combustion. The The retro hell on this thing is just a beautiful pepper spice. I was going to um, say white pepper. It's it's, it's definitely like a, a brighter spicier. brighter pepper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still get black, though, too, just because of the darkness of the wrapper. On the retro hell. just for the fans, yeah. it is umami. Umami. There, <laughs> there is definitely... That mushroomy umami component to uh, I get I get more of the umami on the actual palate. Gotcha. Without, it, and it could have just been because I took a drink and yeah. that sweetened everything up for me. But this cigar, I mean, it, it if you like a good full bodied cigar, and I wouldn't even say this is completely full. It's probably medium to full. It's it leans towards that than full. some of the fulls that we've got. It, right it now. is, but I don't feel like it, it. You know, like one of the ways that I think a lot of people can figure out if it's too full for them, you start feeling a little bit of heaviness in the chest. If it's a super strong cigar, I might feel that a little bit. I don't get that with this one. This is a pretty clean cigar, even though it's full-bodied. So Yeah, sure. But like, it uh, is a good neck. pairing with this. This uh, 18 is actually – and I, I wasn't a big fan of the 18 when I first tried it. Yeah. And with this, it's actually working. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It does come off a little sweeter than I remember. Yeah, a lot like, sweeter. Especially with this. So do you know what the proof is on that 18? Um, uh, I think it's 90. I thought it was like 102, but I don't remember now. Nope, it's 95. Or 90. Yeah, 90, 99. Yep. That was higher than that. It drinks, a, I mean, honestly, with the cigar, it drinks a little little warmer than 90. Yeah. But without the cigar, it definitely drinks its 90 proof range. It definitely has that oily viscosity to it, which I'm enjoying quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hold, hanging on to the glass really well. So, yeah, we're definitely excited to have Heaven Hill out here. We got... Um, a new rep I hear Jim that's going to be coming and doing it. And he's a, he's a really cool guy. He's a local guy. So we'll be able to see him more often. And um, he's been fighting hard to make sure that our distributor gets us the crap we're supposed to be getting in here. Very so, good. So yeah, we should be getting, um, as soon as that, as soon as the distributor gets it, we're supposed to be getting some of the old fits, the, the fall the release. 2023 fall. Yeah. Mm, cool. Uh, apparently they had a first batch that went out and it went out all to stores. And they're waiting for the restocks to be able to start going to on-premise. I'm like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Have you I tried that one yet? like to uh-uh. see him. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't either. No, I, I think I, uh, Will has someone, but I don't. I actually don't think I've tried any old fits. Mm. I uh, 
there was a bourbon club meetup where they killed the bottle. Like the person <laughs> in front of me killed the bottle at, Sorry. at a bar. And I was just oh. like, well, I guess, I guess I'm saving my money today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, rumor had it was that Rebel 10 was the same distillate, same mash bill. Um, and that has always impressed me. Like, yeah, it's like chocolate chip cookies or something. Sorry. You know? By uh, the way, I just got a note here. Blizzard conditions tonight. Oh, heck yeah, yeah. It's supposed Let's to be really bad. Oh, wow. Sweet. I was planning on grilling tonight, too. So I don't do know, it, I man. probably still will. Be a man. Grill in the snow. Do you want me to yeah. teach you how to use that offset yet? <laughs> I still haven't even bought hardwoods for it. <sighs> man, I, I got a whole rick. Do you really? Yeah, I'll bring you some wood. I got some cherry. got some maple. That'd be tight. We I got some need, like. We don't need to talk about you giving us giving your wood. Here. I'll give you some wood, man. I got some white oak. <laughs> Go lay the wood keep down. Stoked. Well, I have to clear this with Jen. Yeah, she'll, she'll be fine. Yeah, she <laughs> says fine. take it. What's she gonna do with it? She is happy to share your wood. <laughs> I take. <laughs> What's she gonna do with it? <laughs> She's not even She's paying working. attention. Actually, both the women are on the computers today, just working, working away, working hard. Mm. <laughs> just gotta make sure I can do fun things. Yeah, somebody has to. I know. All right, so. Mm. We teased it enough. Wait, how, how far are we in? We're 30, We're 30 minutes 30 in. Minutes. Almost 30 minutes. Almost. Okay, I'll wait for 20 seconds. Go. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, <laughs> just in silence. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, legitimately, w- what's the cigar doing for you right now? We, t- we kind of did a little bit of notes, but we really haven't d- done much as far as the cigar on this show yet. Yeah, this, I'm getting that. That nice, um, light, like shoe leather, a little bit of that leather going there. Um, definitely still get a little bit of that, um, like fig sweetness to it, almost mm-hmm. the cookie, the cookie and fig sweetness. Yeah. Um, but the pepper on the retro heel, I'm still getting that. But it's, it's definitely got the umami, that savory kind of thing yeah. going. Um, I don't know. This would be a great cigar after a steak dinner. Yeah. I know it would. I think it would go good after a steak. Yeah. Um, I still get white pepper. I haven't had much change in it. Um, no, I'm, I haven't so far. Much. It hasn't changed much at all. Um, I'm still getting the pepper, a uh, little bit of white pepper, a uh, little bit of that hay. That's- yeah. The, the spice on the retro hell for me is a lot brighter. It kind of reminds me of the kind of signature spice that would come out of the AJ factory. Yeah. Like that. AJ's tends to be a little more aggressive on the pe- mm-hmm. black pepper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it definitely has the level of spice yeah. for sure. Yeah. And again, this is a this is the Toro. This is about a nine dollar cigar. The Robusto is an eight dollar cigar. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. And the cool thing is, PCA is coming up here in March, and they're coming out with their next line, which I can't talk much about it because I was told not to. But it's the McAuliffe Blue. Blue. It's gonna be. It's not stronger. It's slightly. It's more medium to medium full. So it's a habano. Sumatra. Um, I. What do you say? It might have been. I can't remember for sure if it was habano. But there is a. There is a a habano like a habano Sumatra or Maduro Sumatra or something like that in the binder, I believe. But I'm not gonna give any. I don't know much more about. That's all I know. But um, (laughs) I'm not supposed to talk about it. But I am gonna tell you about about it. it. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but but no, I mean for me, it's like I'm really excited because it's coming out in the same price points as the black, so you're going to be great. in that sub sub nine ten dollar range on their on this new line, and they're planning on continuing to do that. 
that's exciting. And that's one thing, too, is like everybody, including McAuliffe, had a slight price increase on everything except for the black one, the black and the blue. Good. They're not going to be increasing them. So good. That was good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, we're starting to see the increases a little bit. We're waiting. To, we're, we're looking on our tax sites right now because we're supposed to get that tax cap in place now. Nothing is showing up anywhere on the tax sites, but we don't know our taxes for January until February 15th. So we won't know for sure until we hit that February 15th mark if it did take place. But we're still hoping, and then we got to start fighting for fighting for a little bit lower. So that, that'll be coming this year, too. But so, all right. Here's the here's the news. Here's the news. You have a drum roll, or you have anything on that board? That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> all right. So um, Isaiah's last day will be the end of this month. Yeah, he's abandoning us for whatever. You know, he didn't love us anymore. It's so fine. Here's it's the fine. Deal. It's fine. No, we don't. Have, we don't need to go into details. Okay. He just doesn't love us anymore. Yeah. But no, actually, he has he has a full time job. He's full time in school. He's got a wife that's full time. Yeah, I think she's full-time, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she is. So um, he's got that going, and this is just one thing that he can take out of his life to make his life a little bit less hectic. And then we are bringing on, Mike's going to be our new sound engineer, whoop, whoop. Yeah. but also on the show with us, too. We got Will Breeden and Scott Deshaun are going to mm-hmm. be on the show. We're going to figure out a rotation. First week, we're going to have all four of us on to talk about some things we'd like to do and, and all that, too, going forward. So we're not going to stop. We're just gonna kind of knock off some dead weight. Yeah, I mean uh, that, that's perfectly fine. I, we I'm, still love you, and uh, genuinely, I'm not leaving the podcast in bad terms. It just came down to um, time. To really, just time. Yeah. If you guys ever want to have me back on the show for something, like I'd be happy. Once you're to. gone, you're gone. You're dead Once to I, us. That's fine too. Just mail us, mail us, mail us nah. a letter. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you on. The but show. it's uh, it's just one of those things where we got to look at it, uh, the things that we need to do this year, and uh, all of the uh, kind of goals and all that deal. And it was just like this was one more thing in my uh, schedule and calendar that made other things harder. Yeah. You're young enough to still have goals, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So ten more years, you'll lose them. Just to let you know that's coming. We're we've got some uh, things in the pipeline which I don't want to put out yet because I don't know if they're going to happen. We're going to try to do some things different this year, not different, but expand upon them. So we're excited about doing all that. So just that was the news, and we'll miss you a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, not that much. You know, it's hard the, to miss you unless you leave. These people have had close to two years with yep. me. So, yep, like, it's enough. I mean, I mean that's it, a lot. It, it it is enough. It is definitely enough. Uh, they were probably hoping that you would be off first, but probably, probably. Nah, no, just kidding. Nah, but uh, the face though. probably though. Yeah. No, I mean, genuinely, the podcast is going to look a little bit different, but it'll be nice. It'll yeah. be uh, kind of a, a refreshing new thing. Get some new faces, new voices. Hopefully, even get some women if you could convince Chloe to do it. There you go. Because yeah. Chloe, Rob's daughter, who also works in the shop, has just recently turned of age and has also jumped straight into the world of cigars. Yep, yep. So. She's loving cigars, so I'd love to get her take on being a new cigar smoker. That'd be yeah. a great thing. She was smoking a breakfast taco last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting into it. She was your first Cigar 101 client. There you go. Although she won't listen to me. I mean, come on, man. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. She won't listen to me. She'll read it in Others. a book and say, did you hear this? I'm like, yeah, I told you that 50 times. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, New things. Yeah, we're working on working on some things right now. Trying to uh, talk to I'm going to be talking to Dirk this week and um, trying to trying to plan out a few picks coming up. Cool. I'd love to do some more picks with him. Um, I know he hasn't done one since Hard Truth, maybe. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. And that was the one I was on with. And that's one that really. I think that was just for ABV, wasn't it? Or was that for Dirk? No, it was for Dirk. Okay. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, and by sold, Dirk, we mean bottles. Indiana Bourbon yeah, Dirk or uh, in the watch. Right. Um, and you'll see us do more for them. There, we have an event coming up at the fairgrounds at the Indy Fuel game. It's the um, first responder night. And um, he, we're hoping to get him out there for that, too. And then we'll also do a event here where we're able to raise some money for the End of Watch Legacy Fund. So we'll be talking about that once we get to that in February as well. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to setting up some picks this year. I got a couple of them I'm really going to push hard after this year that we haven't done yet. I'll say it. I mean, I want, I want Old Forester this year. That'd yeah. be nice um, to do an Old Forester pick. Their their picks are so freaking good. And I'm like, if Sometimes. the pal, well, I'd say the picks that I bought before, yeah. you know, yeah. have been really good. Um, and with the, with the pallets that we usually have on our team, I think we could come up with a really, really good pick from them. So. That's yeah. my big, probably my big dog that I want to get to this year. Of course, if Evan Hill calls us back again, we'll probably definitely, definitely do that one. That <laughs> I, I, I think that their Elijah Craig barrel-proof picks work better in an environment like this than they do in uh, retail establishments. Because it was like this year, the world of whiskey got flooded with Elijah Craig barrel-proof picks. Yeah. And there was a lot of stores that were just charging an arm and a leg for them. Yeah. And then they're sitting on stock. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But here it's just like, oh, this is another great offering you can have. Right. You know? uh, well, and that's the thing, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than like the the barrel proof releases. Um, our cost is a little bit more expensive. It's also a ton of upfront capital. It like, is. It is. I mean, you're buying the entire freaking barrel. Um, but... That's what kills me is these these people are marking it up to 120, 130. Yeah. And I'm like, the regular one's 79.99, right? It's hard yeah. to go that high. It's hard to jump that much just for another barrel, you know? Yeah. I, so, but you know, it was kind of odd that they had that much release because when we were there, it was their it was their first week or first set of barrels they were setting out. And I think it was like 12 or 12 or 13 groups could come in and pick. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more than that. But then after that, they had a few more picks come through. I mean, the Bourbon Club, local Bourbon Club, did one. So it's like they put out a lot more releases than I expected them. Yeah, towards it sounded the end way of the year. more exclusive. Like, when yeah. We were being and I wonder if they just had then, a lot more barrels. They're like, you know what? Let's do some more. People are interested. Well, I think uh, what they realized is that people in stores were so amped to get them at any age. Yeah, because I saw eight years, I saw nine years, I saw eleven years, and it was just like they don't care; they're yeah. just happy to be at Heaven right. Hill, exactly, and get a uh, William Heaven Hill seventeen and be able to flip it on the secondary market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's cracked. Ooh. That's it's about half gone. So good for you. It's so that's the way good. it should be. So it's good. good. Um, I was cracking up. 
because one of our friends, friend of the shop, uh, Dan Hand, shout out, went out of his we way. Been shout out and people, yeah. shout, shout out, out to Dan Hand. Gets us some drinking going. Yeah. Posted a picture with Eric Jansen on that. the Perfect Club page after they blocked him. Like oh, he is blocked great. and banned from the Bourbon Club page. Yeah. So it's just funny. So here, so let's do a little lesson here. Okay. Tell me some ways you can get banned from a local bourbon club. Let's hear some. Let's hear some ways to get banned. So ways to get banned from a local bourbon club. I think it really starts with questioning the bourbon club on their marketing tactics. You know, I fully believe you that every West Fork whiskey pick that you do tastes like a Four Roses OESQ barrel strength. <laughs> or that the uh, Starlight uh, bourbon finished in rum barrels tastes like Weller Foolproof because yeah. the rum barrel before it was rum was a Weller Foolproof barrel. And not just a Weller barrel, but a Weller Foolproof barrel <laughs> because... Because, you know, you, you always proof it down before you put it in the barrel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, and by the way, this is all sarcasm, guys. It is complete sarcasm. So here's, true. here's the true. deal. Um, Eric in particular, which I do appreciate him for, just called him out on some of the shady things that they were doing to market their barrel picks. And I'm not going to say anything about the quality of their recent barrel picks. I have not tried a lot of them. Um, I got to believe they're at least good. You know, you think, I, I, yeah. I can't it's still legitimacy though. Yeah. But it, they were using uh very tater marketing tactics to sell them. And it just, it, at the end of the day, it was dishonest. And Eric took <laughs> it way too personally, <laughs> I would say, and decided he was going to be the club superhero and make sure that people knew that when they were buying Yellowstone pick, that it wasn't Four Roses <laughs> distillate in there, mm-hmm. or that when they bought a Starlight uh, bourbon finished in rum, that that bottle had nothing to do with Weller Foolproof. Well, and it proves proves the point, because I can guarantee you, um, Jerky down there, he probably said something about that barrel, about that barrel being there. Because you know what? That sells it to a club. Yeah. That's it. They put the bug in the ear. And then- no, okay, so here's the That's thing that I wrong love and did. appreciate about Jerdy is that he's a salesman to his core. Mm-hmm. He also is good enough to change his sales tactics based on who's based picking. on who's picking. Yep. So if you have a tatery group picking, pander to that group. He's going to tater that shit up. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally, why wouldn't you? That's just good it, salesmanship. Right. And you know what? That rum barrel could have been a Weller barrel at one point. They swore up and down that it was a Weller foolproof barrel. I, I don't know how you could justify that. Because, and they said, well, all Weller is Weller foolproof. And like, that's not true either. Yeah. Weller foolproof is 125 proof. Uh, Weller enters the barrel at 125 proof because that's the highest you can put a bourbon into a barrel. But that could have gone anywhere. Yeah. It could have gone to Special Reserve. It could have gone to William LaRue. Yeah. And it could have come out of that barrel at 130 proof and then been proofed down to. 90 for Weller's right. Special Reserve or, you yeah. know, whatever. It's just like, 
why couldn't it have just been an ex Weller barrel gone rum gone to Starlight? Like, yeah. why did it have to be Weller foolproof? That's like saying this barrel came out of uh, the Bowman Distillery before it got yeah. shipped over to this brandy manufacturer. Well, like that's Blanton's. Yeah, that's Blanton's distillate. Yeah, in there. but Bowman is the Blanton's killer. Well, I, they uh, do share mash bills. <laughs> exactly. I, actually, now it's Traveler. Yeah, Traveler. Yeah, Traveler. I hardly yeah. know her. Hardly know her. But but one of the things about that too is the reason why that's a good sales tactic is because as soon as you put a flavor note or anything in someone's brain, that's all they think about yeah. and that's all they taste. So those guys saying, "I taste Weller." Yeah. They didn't taste Weller, but it was in their brain, and all of a sudden, that bourbon note that they get out of Weller, they're getting out of this, and like, yeah. it, it's just a, it's just a, a, a mind fuck, basically. Do you know what Weller Manifest. tastes like? All of the regular bourbon notes. Yeah, it's just a good representation of your standard weeded bourbon. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? And that very well could have been a weeded bourbon mash bill that went into that rum barrel, but yeah. it was not. They, on the tasting notes that they gave it, the nosing notes, they said, smells like Weller Foolproof. Like, what does Weller Foolproof smell like? And I'm just Have you had out. those picks? Well, with Like, they're rum, very different than one another. Yeah. With rum, I don't know how you could ever get the nose of a weeder like that. No. I mean, you're I, definitely going to get so much more sweetness. But, again, as soon as you hear something, that's all your brain can think about. Power suggestion. I mean, just like if I'm sitting here telling you I'm tasting... Skittles in this cigar, you can go, oh, I, I see the sweetness in that. Well, you can kind of see where you're coming yeah. from. You Mine are sour that. Skittles. Sour Skittles, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I really taste the citric acid. In this <laughs> <one>. <laughs> it's the tefiricals that I'm getting. One thing I will say about this cigar, <laughs> that the spice level has dropped You know, as I'm approaching the second third right now. Yeah, you're right. I do too. It's not near as spicy, but still I all the same too. flavor. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Damn. Gotcha. Exactly yeah. what I got. <laughs> yeah, the, the the spice level is dropped in this cigar. Yeah, me too. Yes, <laughs> the same. Yeah, it's still there, but it's not as spicy. No, it's not. Uh, particularly on the palate, the the first third had a little bit of spice right at the back of the palate, and then the second third, it's it seems a little right heavier. Off. Seems seems to get a little a little darker as you get into the second third. Yeah, yeah. One thing with that too. You know, sometimes the cigar does transition enough where it stops getting as spicy. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's more prevalent is your palate's getting acclimated to it. Yeah. And you're drinking bourbon with it. And it and the bourbon will tone down a lot of the spice notes as you get into it. This one's not overpowering it at all. Um, no, like, it's like light you said, enough. It, it actually goes fairly well together. Um, what was it, 90 proof? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I think I get a little bit of, like, brown sugar between the two. Well, we, it that little sweetness. Well, we had talked about this before. You know, neither one of us, when we tried it originally, was a huge fan of the 18. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was okay. As a neat pour to me, and I understand I am oak sensitive. Yeah. That it just is what it is. There's a lot of pours that people will say, oh, that's sweet oak. It's very tannic to me. It's one of those flavors that I just struggle with. It's yeah. one of the flavor notes I struggle with. When it's in balance, I love it. When it's one of the predominant things, I hate it. It reminds me of pencil shavings, yeah. which was one of the things that I hated about Elijah Craig 18 for a long time. And I had friends that said, oh, you just haven't tried the right bottle. Like, they're all single barrels. You got to try a different bottle. And, uh, you know, I, uh, 
I tried a lot and thought the same thing. And I was not excited when you poured it for this cigar today. Um, as stupid as that sounds, because I know how much this pour costs. Yeah. <laughs> I have never enjoyed it until I smoked this cigar with it. Well, and that goes back to that same way with Angel's Envy Rye. Yeah. I never liked Angel's Envy Rye until I smoked that blood medicine with it. I'm like, this is the, the perfect pairing. Yeah. And it was really good. So it does say a lot about pairings. And, you know, that's something else we're going to talk about during the Thursday nights is pairings and why they're so valuable. So uh, I got a little flack last week on the show for saying that I'm excited about what West Fork was going to do this year. (laughs) Um, Well, I think it was taken a little out of context. (laughs) Just a little bit. because could have done that? I don't think either one of us said we were excited about what they're making yeah we're excited since they're making their own stuff to see where they go that's what i'm excited about yeah i want a local i want somebody just down the road from us in westfield making something great that we can go get on a daily basis because genuinely as as rough as this is going to sound i think they had they still have a better shot than moondrops does like i think from we will from a marketing standpoint from everything that they're doing that yeah, they have yeah. a better chance of making this product outside of outside of Indiana and the central Indianapolis area, like making a name for itself. Yeah. They have know, dumped a ton of money into the new facility, into everything. It's becoming a tourist destination. And honestly, it sounds like their restaurant's delicious. Oh, it's there. great. The good food there's the food. great. Yeah. And, you know, they still are going to keep doing the old hammer and Hugh hammer. Which is MGP. Um, which, yeah, it's MGP. Um, that's getting them but that's now. the thing you, you mentioned, Moondrops. We have no clue what their stuff's going to taste like. Uh-uh. It's not going to be ready for another at least two years. Yeah. So It's Indiana's Jeff the Creed. <laughs> I hope not. Nah, I don't think it will be. I don't we, think they're using Bloody not Butcher. Not <laughs> no. No, oh, no, no, no. Moondrops. Moondrops, so, uh, yeah. That's what I mean. I don't, yeah. I don't I, they're doing just a, I think they're doing a basic mash bill, trying to keep it as close to what they were, to what they have with MGP, but. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I have One not thing seen it yet. that I did appreciate out of West Fork was that they, um, their marketing team or, or whoever, did a uh, customer survey. And it's probably still available when this is uh, here. But they posted it in different bourbon groups on Facebook, any of the local ones. Yeah. And they said, we want your honesty. Like, we want to know what you guys who are our clientele yeah. think about our product. Yeah. And uh, you know, I went on I went on there and gave all of the Hamer stuff pretty decent marks. I I said, "Yeah, at least va- the stuff I've had, yeah. Value for money, everything." I told them the only um, downside for me on this was the finishing stuff that you guys did. I think I said it is overfinished and then in uh, then in parentheses I said mixed. <laughs> Which and, it could be, and, and uh, I mean, there's uh, no rules on that. So. No, there's no, there's no rules on that, and uh, you know, I think they will be able to read into that what they need to. But on the uh, West Fork stuff, I said, I've done a bunch of distillery tours. I have tasted a whole bunch of beer, which is what it's called after you've uh, mashed and fermented, yeah, um, uh, before distillation, and they have the sourest product. Like I tasted. Um, a lot of sour mash like beers mm-hmm. and have never had something 
that sour. That sour. Really? That nasty. Like I'm not trying mo- most of the time. Yeah. So when they before they built the new facility, they uh they had the Indianapolis tasting room and distillery, which was just a tiny place. Right. Um but they would take you back there and let you hop up on a ladder and dip your finger into the mashing tank and taste it. We we tried uh Wood Hat. Yeah, Gary's. Gary's and is it, delicious. Yeah, I mean, but it was like grits. Like, you it know, was. It's got, you, you could have put it in a bowl and put some you yeah, know, butter totally. on it and be good to go. But that's kind of like what, that's kind of baseline of like, if I can sit here, eat this, drink this, because there are, it's, there's a lot of particles in there still. Yeah. Then you're going to have a great product pretty quickly. If this is nasty, like, legitimately disgusting i need something to wash my mouth out with <laughs> i'm cool. not sure the barrel's gonna save you no well I mean, we tasted um, and especially if your cuts on your still are not tight right well we tasted um peerless too peerless was really good um the one thing we and that's one thing like when we first did our, our very first inaugural barrel it was with indiana whiskey company their we mash. didn't try their mash but we tried their white dog yeah it's freaking delicious. I mean, it was sweet. It had all those great qualities to it. I don't remember what the proof was when we tasted it, but it was delicious. Yeah. Um, wood will not change a bad mash to become good all of a sudden. Yeah. You have to start with good stuff. And that's one thing that Alan Bishop has been putting a lot of stuff out on, on Instagram and Facebook, a lot of education. And one of the things he said was just that. He's like, you can't start with a shit product and hope it gets better by putting yeah. it in a barrel for a long time. Well, and that's one thing that uh, Gary Woodhat taught us when he showed us the moldy, bloody butcher corn. He said, you cannot start out with something like this and expect those flavors to die off. No, they, the, the, the bad flavors hang on and just intensify. Yeah. yeah. And Jeff the Creed was and they, born. They do. <laughs> I and we have crapped on Jeff the Creed a ton on this show. And rightfully so. I I would actually <laughs> say so. Yeah. I have heard good things about their most recent eight-year offering. I'd love to try um, it. Um and I would be interested in trying it. I that would not be a I'm gonna buy a bottle sort of thing for me. But if I saw it at a bar at a reasonable price, I would try it there. If you go in one of the bourbon clubs, you can probably get one on secondary right now for twice the price. No, <laughs> Jeff the Creed does not have a secondary value. I think it's actually half price. Half on price, secondary. nice. <laughs> you know what is half price on secondary? Oh. Um, the old 55 80 proof sweet corns. That I will tell you right now. I, is that not the most like uh, rancid? It tastes like uh, a pink eraser and a little bit of you know yellow magic marker. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about it is, pencils and erasers. Uh, it, I mean, Again, and I will say right now that yeah. is a guy that I know can make a beautiful product. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking when he put that. Honestly, out. I I've heard him say. He'll never prove. I mean, he 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 does it a bottle and bond, and it's fine at bottle and bond. It's yeah. not as good I as like cast. Bottle and bond's good. He he's actually flat out said we'll never do any proof again on that because it just does something crazy beyond that hundred proof range. And I don't know if during the proofing he didn't do a slow proofing method and like maybe he shocked it, which is something you can do. Yeah, on a whiskey, like people will 
there's some sort of science to slow proofing something down to where it doesn't shock the chemical compounds. I don't know. I'm no, I'm no uh, distiller. I'm no whiskey scientist. So. Well, it's just like beer. If you, cold crashing is a thing. You yeah. have to cold crash it to get the proper, you know, get that fermentation to stop and all that stuff. If you yeah. don't cold crash properly, Will was talking about this. One of the beers he made, he said they didn't, they didn't, I, I assume what happened is he didn't cold crash it That wasn't right. his fault though. It was Chris's fault. Everything's Chris's fault. Shout out, Chris. But um, you, but uh, he, all the bottles exploded because it was still fermenting in the bottle. Never stopped. And it's like, you, you, yeah, you have to cold crash it to kill off that fermentation. Yeah. So temperature is a very key. Yeah. It's a, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of, I was, I am hopeful with West Fork putting out that survey that people will be honest with them and just say, I do too. Hey, uh, what you're doing right now is not it. Like, and, and the thing is, is you have enough money invested into this that I hope you hear the people, and I hope the people are being honest with you. That's the only that thing I'm I concerned think, about. I think you could, if you were to hire Alan Bishop, he would turn that place around in a minute. Mm-hmm. Would he fit in in Westfield? I don't think so. No. <laughs> But probably not. That dude, even if you hired him as a consultant, I was going to say maybe just come in and consult and get him on the right track. He then, absolutely could. and he does that. Yeah, he's consulted with a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. That's the only, the only thing I wonder about that is though. You know, they they obviously only posted down on their social media and all that stuff. It went to their email list too, and their email list. But that's all people that have already been there or have already liked their pages and stuff. And then they also. You know how taters are. They posted we it on Northside Bourbon and Oh, that's that's club. true. They yeah. did put it on the club, so that so. that might help. So hopefully, hopefully people are honest. Um, that's the only way for them to get better. I mean, good for them that they tried. You know, yeah. If, yeah, if no one ever, else is really doing that. So no, no, not it's worth all. a shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, if if everybody gave you high marks, I'm sure it'll be some sort of new marketing slogan, right? You know? And that's just as useful as constructive criticism or just flat out criticism like Dr. J gives them when he tells <laughs> when he tells them that their bottles are an absolute dog rocket. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't send that though, so that was good. He probably should. <coughs> the one time he felt convicted? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that one that one time? That one time. Backgammon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious. He was texting us all about backgammon. And, like, nobody, did, nobody knows what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we'll, and I know I know it happens the same way when we're talking about hockey in the group and everyone's, yeah. you know, half the, half the group's hockey fans, half the group's not, and the guys are not just don't even say anything because they don't really give a crap. Backgammon, it's like none of us understand anything he's saying. <laughs> he's like, moving this, you know, this this to here to that and stuff and like numbers and you know, I'm like I, you no. lost me when you said backgammon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he is almost a grandmaster. That's what he's going for. Yeah. So grandmaster. Grandmaster. Well, let me know what the money line is on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lose it that too. Yes. I'm good at losing everything else. <laughs> like my four leg parlay that didn't come through last night. Dang, mine actually all came around to the freaking senators Except losing for, the it for me. Yep. Yep. Damn senators. Should never vote on or bet on the senators ever. You never do. Who would have thought you could bet on the Canucks, though? I know. And then they won. Right. 
That's I mean, sorry, Scott. Because <laughs> they'd be his team. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. No. Ah, Brandon Whistler's pulling up. My man. Heck yeah. It looks like his truck. Who knows? I don't know. We'll find out in a minute. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of the the survey though. I think that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I it can be helpful. What's the worst for that can happen? Any establishment of like, hey, what is public perception of this? Like, now you just have to wonder if someone's going to sit there and read through it. I'm, well, I'm sure they will. The other thing that, on the flip side of this, as a business owner, the danger that they have is that everyone comes back and says, everything's bad, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. And they're like, and they're already so far down the road, they can't just magically change and tomorrow we got something different. No, huh? You're four years down the road before yeah. anything changes at least. So it's like, that's that's a tough thing to do. It's like, you know, Lisa's Lisa's had some things where she's asked people questions and stuff, and I'm like, I some of those things I really don't want to know the answer to because I'm we're trying to develop a specific culture here, and if other people are like, well, I want it to be more loud. I want you to crank the music so loud I can't talk to my buddy. I'm like, well, that's not something I'm ever going to do. Uh-huh. Bye. <laughs> so it's like it's just one of those things. Like some of those questions, you gotta you gotta really be careful asking as a business. Do you really want to know? And if you really want to know, you got to be willing to make the change, and that's that can be tough. But hopefully they do, and hopefully they get better. Like I said, there's there's nothing wrong with having another distillery making some good product in our state. We need no, more. I, everybody's really uh, excited about Hard Truth coming on the market. I have oh. seen quite a few under four years, and I mean like three years, six month, three year, eight month picks come into market, and that's exciting. Yeah. Their, when their bourbon comes out, man, I cannot wait for you guys to try it. It's it, it could easily be the best bourbon in Indiana's made yet. That's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's as good as like Heaven Hill. You know, I'm not saying no, big dogs. Yeah, yeah. But I'm. But I'm saying they're they as much as of a name as they've gotten for themselves with the sweet mash rise they put out in the last year or yeah. so. This could actually take them up to a major higher what, level. What it, do we always say? Everybody always claims to do something first. Of course, right? yeah. So who's going to be the first one in Indiana to claim the first of the next thing? Yeah. What is the next thing, Mike? What is the next thing? What do you think? Sumatra Weller bourbon. Weller flavored. <laughs> Weller foolproof flavored. Ah, it is Brandon. Not Sumatra. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> I don't know what the next thing is. I don't either. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think the other hard part is, is the craze the boom is dying yeah i think so too i think it kind of started oh, probably two years ago i think it was like peak like 2020 went crazy which wasn't two years ago well and when you say dying i don't think it, i don't think it's what people are thinking no, no it's no. not going away people there's been a ton of people coming into this industry yeah. to try bourbon and fell in love and bottle the bottles the craze i think you're talking about is people aren't going to be out hunting you're not going to have you're not going to have everything allocated and people hunting, hunting, hunting. What you're going to have is people are going to start drinking. They got the product. So. They got the product. Let's start enjoying this and stop collecting. I think that it's going to get away from just the collectors. Like I saw one flippers. guy on, uh, I think it was the bourbon club page and he had a shelf and was like, I finally completed my Blanton set. And he had one of every single Blanton's variation. Yeah, and under him he had uh, two lot B's, two 
Ben Winkles, two Stags, two uh, Taylors, like an old rip. And I, I just, uh, I was like, none of these are open. Mm-hmm. Like, did he get in because somebody told them these were the best and he just thought it was a great collector's thing? Got to try them. Or does he actually like whiskey? You know, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people that saw like, this is an investment. And, you know, if you want something that could can be an investment, I still the uh, one of the biggest collectors market right now is trading cards. Like old I, sports trading cards are crazy. See, I have a bunch of old like basketball, like Sha- Shaquille O'Neal rookie cards and stuff. And I start looking those up. They've gone up in value, but not as nuts as some of the baseball cards. Are yeah, VHS Baseball's is going to be the next thing and DVDs. <laughs> That's going to be the next wow. one. You should have bought out your uh, yeah. blockbuster. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie, man. I looked at the blockbuster building in Anderson at one point, and I realized I don't want to be in that building. It's not yeah. a great location. <laughs> the VHSs are still in the back. They probably are, <laughs> especially in the dirty room. <laughs> a little sticky. Oh, wait, that was family video. That wasn't blockbuster. Oh. Now known as Dollar General. <laughs> there is a uh, old family video building over by where I live that just has a little Caesar's pizza in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to use it for? Well, like, the best thing was they kept all of them kept that they're like, you the, know what it looks like. Yeah, like yeah. The big glass it is, pillar in the front. Every single one of them had yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Well, people crash into it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so the glass is slowly going away. I, I think they have uh, all the... All no, it's plexiglass. They have columns out in front of it just to mm. try and stop cars. But I swear to you, it's twice a year somebody's wrecked <laughs> into the front of this little Caesars. I think the one in Anderson, you know, they had the, they had the bollards out there to keep cars yeah. from crashing into yeah. it. I saw a smart car go between it oh. running into the building. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we, gotta have them, we have to have them two foot apart now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of those old family videos turn into places like a Little Caesars or like a, a head shop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the new smoke shops. Well, I mean, that, when they built them, they built them all. They were all brick, and they were good buildings. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the with the way but they're you, open. But you design. look at them, and you're like, oh, ah, still a daily video. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that. But the way those buildings were, they were all, you know, except for the back rooms, they were all just open space. It's just a blank canvas yeah. for anything yeah, you is. want. So it would be perfect for, like, a tattoo shop or something like that to go in there, put your walls up, and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what the next thing is. I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows what it is? What do you think? I, I think it should not be finished things. I feel like that was. I don't think that's going to die. I don't, I don't think it's going to die. I, but I it's predicted gotta, a couple episodes stop. ago that people are going to go more towards straight wood finishes like Mizunara, mm-hmm. like Toasted. I think there is an appeal to get back to just high quality straight bourbon flavors. Yeah, um, I especially as the big six are putting out all of yeah. these higher age products that it's just like, you like Heaven Hill? Yeah, let me give it to you at 17 years old. Right. Like, you like Mellow Corn? How about a 20 year? Yeah. Like, uh, you like Jack Daniels? Here's 12. Right. You like Makers? Here's a cast strength 12 year. Yeah. I, I just don't. I think that's the way the market is going. And a lot of these smaller distilleries are putting out this four and five year product and everyone else is putting out enough of this kind of like mid tier allocated stuff 
that everybody's had a chance to try it. I think right. if you've been in the whiskey world for two seconds, you've had a chance to try some of the big sixes, higher aged portfolio. Yeah. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, why buy this four-year-old hard truth bourbon for 80 bucks when there's an Elijah Craig barrel proof at 13 years sitting next to it on the shelf for 75. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Could well, only hope that that's where it ends up. Exactly. And and that's the other thing too. I feel like a lot of the bigger distilleries are going to release even more aged products for that reason, because everyone's excited about the small distilleries making great products, but None of the small distilleries can have ten plus year old product. Oh, huh. So they're going to say they're going to flex their muscles and say, "We're still the guys here. Come get yes. us." Yeah, absolutely. Bourbon can only be made in Kentucky. Let's go. You know, can we <laughs> open another bottle? Which one? The uh, Widow Jane. I got one open on the bar. Let me grab okay. it real quick. Yeah, I, I haven't tried that. I'm I was very excited when they got acquired into the Heaven Hill portfolio, but this is the aged. 15 years release. That's awesome. So you're talking about 15-year-old. I mean, it should be all be the same distillate. I'm not. It's good stuff. So this is coming to you at 99 proof, 15 year. This is batch number seven, the 22, the 2023 release. It is uh, their 15-year series, a collection of their oldest and rarest. The vault. The vault, yeah. Uh, again, beautiful marketing on this bottle. I it is think Widow simple. Jane has always done that. It's simple. It's clean. And it's different than anyone else. You and see I like a Widow the Jane black bottle. label. The black label doesn't look as generic as the white label did. It's got black with gold and stuff on it. The white label, it just said Widow Jane 10-year or yeah. whatever on it, looks really generic. Well, and if you this notice, they're like in the that. same bottle that... Uh, O55 is in. Yeah. So, it, and, and the same one that um, Indiana Whiskey Co. was in. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's probably one of the most easy to buy bottles out there, I would imagine. Do you know what else is a standardized bottle shape? What's that? Um, so, when people are buying glass, you can, there's a million uh, manufacturers of this stuff. So, you can basically buy whatever bottle shape you want to. Yeah. Um, uh, Companies like Smoke Wagon, they own the bottle, they own the presses, they own everything. They need to make that bottle. There's a lot of embossing on it. Yeah. But it surprises me how much and how commonly available bottles like this Widow Jane one are. Yeah. The other bottle that is a standardized bottle that anyone can buy off the shelf is the birthday bourbon. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Surprised more people don't use it. <laughs> Total Wine has an offering in a birthday bourbon bottle. I forget what it's called, but it's one of their brands, and it's probably one of their Blanton's killers as well. Okay. Like, no, it's just what they sell you on, like the Chestnuts Farms, whatever. I was in there talking to, uh, no, I'm not going to say his name, um, at the store where a regular here works, and I was like, hey, you got anything special? He was like, well, we do have this Chestnut Farm single barrels, and I I was like, I'm going to buy some beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then again, Fair. these these guys are selling a product and they're told and, to sell our product. They make have. commission. But I'll be honest with you, we kind of do that here too. When we oh, have our I barrel know. picks, we always point people to the barrel picks first. Um, 
So I, I get why you have a lot more of your own product than you have probably anything allocated. So. Oh, my gosh. That Widow Jane is beautiful. Isn't it good? It is so good. <laughs> so what are the what kind of, what are you getting out of this? What does it remind you um, of? It, it really is a lot of the red fruit notes. Um, that oakiness is there. It's imbalanced. It's a little bit. It's definitely, uh, it drinks proofier than the Elijah Craig. That's because it is. It is proofier, yep. Um, but that is. It's not much more, though. It's only no, 99. I That is a imbalanced oakiness for me. It has, it's more viscous on the tongue. Um, it really is bringing out those red fruit notes and the chocolatey in the cigar. It reminds me a little bit of the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond, the new one. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I mean, I think it's very similar to that in the in the profile on it. It's obviously got an extra five years of age on it, and I'm pretty sure they're no, blending it, barrels too, right? More than five years. It's fifteen. Yeah, that's ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Seven. A seven or is it seven or eight? Seven. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So almost double or over double. But I don't think it changed for the price of it. It's it's delicious. It's great. For the price of it, I don't know if it's that big of a jump from the Heaven Hill bottle and bond, but it is more rich. It's all the things in, in the Heaven Hill it amplified. Well, that Widow Jane feels like a special pour. Yes. It, and it's not a cheap pour. No, I know that. What was that, 95? Uh, 99. 99. 99. Yeah. Uh, it's got that really nice balanced oakiness in there. And I honestly think the proof is super accessible to anyone on that one. And yeah. it still allows you to taste like, hey, here's what Kentucky can do right. at a higher age. And also that bottle was fairly widely available. Like, I don't think they're sitting around right now, but they sat yeah. around for a while until people said, oh, yeah, I'm going yeah. to grab that. That's one thing I've seen with Widow Jane. No matter how good it is, you can always you can usually find it, yeah. at least for a while. Yeah. Do you, you know? Uh, know the price point on that one? I can tell you. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head. Because the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond is like, was that 66, 67? It's actually come down a lot. It's, oh, it's down. come down under 50 now. Oh, yeah. wow. Even I better. saw some at uh, Costco of the Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Now, this is Costco prices, but they had a pallet of it for forty three ninety nine, And I was tempted at that, that price. I'll yeah. take that all day. I didn't need it because I've just, I have way too much whiskey at the house. I really do. No, I do. I can um, store it for you. So, Total Wine has yeah. that bottle for two thirty. Okay, uh, I think that's I worth think it. We paid maybe slightly above that when we bought it because they they sell that's cheaper than what we buy that, it for. That how, that's how it goes. But it's um, it's a special pour. It's not one that I'm going to go to very often because of the price. Yeah, but it's definitely worth coming in and getting a pour of it. And uh, it is a celebratory pour. At mm-hmm. that price, at this flavor, all right, that's killer. Absolutely fantastic. Yep. Um, so I did notice that Mike brought in his McAuliffe coin today. Got my I need ambassador to bring mine coin. in, too. So we need to make sure we bring those yeah. in when, when Al's here. Number 3543, baby. You're way earlier you than go. I was in because I think, yeah, I think I've mine's had like thing seven since or the first time I met Al. Oh, yeah? In I've, Louisville, never met yeah. Him. I've never met Al yet. Yeah, I went to an event in uh, Louisville at the shop I used to go to there. Well, and if you guys are from the Ohio area instead of around here, um, he's going to be here. Al's going to be here on Friday the 
19th, whatever that is. Uh, 19th. 19th. The 20th, um, he's going to be over at B&G's in Ohio. Dayton. Oh, no, 16th. Six, 16th of February is, is McAllen. 16th. Okay, and then the yeah. 17th is when he's going to be over in, in Ohio. So he's going to have two back-to-back days. So if yeah. you're in Ohio and can't get over here, check him out over there. Yeah, you should see if he can bring some of these. It's like the I event, think they do. I, sometimes they, I, Dan used to travel with them. Okay. And so did. I'll ask Jeremy the if he other can get guy. some of those and give them out to some of the people that come for that event. That'd be a great little. Yeah, add-on. I mean, I was he was just handing them out. You know, he gives you little things. You click the link and you sign up on their website, or you, yeah. you can just go to the website and they'll mail it to you. But uh, it's cool to awesome. like have something to take home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Send you uh, a it. That's a brand that you can be an ambassador for and be proud to do that. Because this black is yeah, so good. Well, and during during COVID, a lot of brands just stopped traveling. Obviously, they couldn't travel. Um, McAuliffe did the same thing. Everyone stopped. But where a lot of brands just kind of like disappeared until it went away, McAuliffe went nuts on social media. They did virtual herfs like two, three times a week. Wow. You can get on there and talk to the owners, the the. Um, ambassadors do live live events in Constantly. the warehouse yeah i mean dan thompson's the the president of the company he was on those calls all the time and you know out, um amanda McAuliffe was on a lot of them yeah. you really she got to know them yeah and now yeah. and now she's a big part of the company you know working right alongside her dad so it's it's pretty cool to see what they did and honestly what happened was they took a brand that was in the industry, but not well known to all of a sudden every cigar smoker knew who they were, whether they liked yeah. them or not, they knew who they were. Yeah. And that's a big step. And that's really what's helped them, you know, propel after COVID into a really great brand, making some fantastic cigars that are coming out at a lower price point. Well, and the nice thing is, is as far as their branding goes, they sit well in any humidor. Mm-hmm. They, uh, their branding, every, everything about the way it's done I could be sold this cigar at a country club golf course and yeah. not think a single thing about it. Like, it, it looks like more of heritage brand marketing. And uh, the beautiful thing about that is it's so much better than what a lot of the heritage brands are putting out. It really is. And again, I mean, I can think of cigars that are twice that price yeah. that I would rather smoke this, not because it's cheaper, but because it's better. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, it, it goes to show you can make a great cigar and not have a high price point. You know, one of the things I know, um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to crap on them because it's a, they're fantastic, but the knuckle sandwiches with Espinosa. Yeah. Well, they are more than the Espinosa's, but you're not only paying Espinosa, you're also paying Guy Fieri. Yeah. There's basically two owners of that company yeah. that are getting their cuts. And they're having to pay royalties cigar. for it. Yeah. So that, there's a reason why those cigars are four or five bucks, six bucks, whatever more than some of the others. Cause got to pay guy, you know, yeah. guy doesn't do this stuff for free. So we know that exactly. Yeah. What would you put it up against? What would you put the black up against? Um, honestly, it, it reminds me a lot of us similar notes of the black gold from 1502. I can see that. I love yeah. the, I, and I love that cigar. Very similar kind of makeup. Um, but it's a lot of the same flavor notes. And the black gold's not super expensive, but it's more expensive than this one. Um, I was going to say Olmec. Olmec, yeah, I think so. I think the Olmec Maduro would be yeah. really close. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the Olmec Maduro might be just a little stronger. Yeah. I, I think so too. I, this is one of the sh- 
stronger, if not the strongest, that McAuliffe has, right? Um, I don't know for Currently. a fact on that, but I would say it's, it's got to be, be close. Yeah, it's got to be close. It's got to be up there. Because um, I, I like foundation cigars. I love foundation. You know, but relatively speaking with price point, yeah, I would, I would grab this every day. Oh, man, that pour is fantastic. Holy mm. crap. I forgot how good that was. It's so good. It's been a while since I've had this one. I, uh, when I asked about grabbing the bottle, I did not realize its price point or that this was the 15-year. So it's all good, man. I apologize to you, Lisa. But uh, it's so no. good. No, it is and that's, so good. And, and I wanted to spotlight Heaven Hill because we are having them come out here, and I think it's going to be a fun event. We found that like Angels and Envy come out and did an event with us. We've got Barrel Craft Spirits coming out and doing an event with it's us. It's going to be awesome. People, it, what's fun is we had a ton of people come from Angel's Envy that weren't cigar smokers mm-hmm. that said, oh, I want to try a cigar with that. And then all of a sudden, Something they've been new. back in here, and now they're getting their Angel's Envy and a, and a cigar. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of cool because they start realizing pretty quickly these things really go together. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're not doing one or the other, you might at least give it a shot. Because you may find a whole new love for something, another hobby that's expensive. <laughs> and I think in this setting, it's it's a little more intimate, I guess, yeah. to, to do a pairing like that yeah. in a setting like this. Yeah. Uh, to, to go back to your point about trying to build a certain culture here. Um, I, I think it's it's better to do smaller events like that to get, you know, newer people in here that aren't used to the, you know, you don't think about that stuff. No. A lot of, like... Normal clientele doesn't think about what I'm going to pair this bourbon. Yeah, I'm in the mood for a beer. I'm going right. to grab a beer. I'm just going to grab a cigar and smoke it. And you don't realize Nobody those may not it. work together. Sure. So, yeah. And then you get a sour taste and you're like, oh, I never want to go back there again. Because right. I had a bad, well, bad my uh, beer Especially on beers. Beers can be polarizing they depending can. on what cigar you have. I have found that a lot of IPAs do not mix well with dark Maduros. No. Uh, no. I tend, to, I tend to put people on... When they want a beer, I tend to if either put them on that the orange Laranja, just because it's got that kind of citrusy thing going. Yeah. But also Habanos, you get those baking spices that that really play nicely with or with the, the beers. Would be good with that one. Yeah. yeah, I mean a darker beer is always good with cigars anyway. But um, or wine, unless it has or too wine. much bitterness. Okay. Good cab. True. True. Yeah. See so, yeah. how. Um, what else? What else you got? I don't really have much else. You ready? Yeah, I think we're done. Okay. Well, Mike, where can they find yeah, you? Where can they find you, Mike? Oh, uh, you can find me everywhere. You can find me at uh, both are visuals on Instagram. That's yeah. pretty much it. That's well, I got three other ones. Before you go any further on that, too, you got the hat on. Oh yeah, talk I got a little the... bit about your uh, about your yeah. new business you sure, guys got. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing uh, Spencer Leeds. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that that actually know me and my wife Jen, um, we had Spencer. He was our 17 year old cattle dog. He used to be a a frequent flyer here at the shop before he passed away a couple years ago. Uh, he led us to uh, start this business, Spencer Leeds. Uh, we're doing freeze dried dog treats, leashes and collars. Yeah. And also some apparel. Um, and we're donating the majority of our proceeds to uh, dog rescues, primarily cattle dogs, yeah. and uh, to help with fostering rescues and transportation. Yeah, that's very the, cool. The beautiful thing about the Spencer Lee's treats is they're all single or just very few ingredients. So if your dog has allergies of any sense, you could literally read on the website, yep. on the package, exactly what's in there. Yep. There's no 
no, no funny business going state on. approved yep we have licenses we have feed yeah. licenses so to, to sell in the they state are of Indiana. a great product that you will be able to give to any dog i know uh kitty has a million allergies and there's stuff in their portfolio that he would be able yeah, to yeah chicken beef yeah. liver we get yeah. most of our ingredients uh local if not local back in kentucky we have a few farms that we frequent regularly yeah so we have a couple that we're we're working with to get some new stuff in need to find some lamb because you know shout out dr scott with your allergy dog yeah lamb lamb so, okay yeah. lamb will be the next treat on there so cool yeah stay uh, tuned spencer lee's instagram facebook yeah Check shout out. out your website yeah where it's, they can buy it uh, just hit up Facebook. The website's on there. It's a square Squarespace site, so I cool. couldn't tell you all the numbers and stuff. But yeah. it's, uh, we have a website. You can we'll ship, pick up, deliver, whatever you need. Yeah. Real quick, shout out to Deadwood Live, Derek, for this beautiful yep. table. Um, seriously, we say it every week. Yeah. Beautiful craftsmanship. People come in here all the time and are looking at the little uh, bow tie inlays that he did. <laughs> all of the amazing things that that this extremely sturdy and heavy table <laughs> yeah <laughs> is but uh well yeah. and also shout out to aladino our newest sponsor that we've got on the show now too um they're they're coming on this year as a sponsor of our yeah. show cool. and they're a sponsor of our shop so it works out great yeah well they can find you you can find me on instagram at the whiskey pastor and you can find me at it on instagram at final third cigar and whiskey lounge or just i'm sorry at final third cigar the um, website um, FinalThirdCigar.com and also on Facebook, just like our page Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge Thanks a lot guys for listening in We will see you next week Cheers Cheers, Cheers.